Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. That's right. And Joe Branton. I never said I hit him. <laughs> That's a good one. Very good. Very good. Um, thanks for joining us this week. Again, uh, you know, we've got our Guitar Nerds crew. Um, yeah, how's it all going? It's going good. Very well, thank you. Yeah, charming. I can't believe it's been two weeks since we spoke to Matty. I know. I know. It's and it's been your birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Hit, hit how, the big two nine. The big two nine. How was um how was Germany, Matt? Uh I actually went to Amsterdam, so Germany okay. was fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming Germany was fine. I didn't <laughs> No, I wasn't asking about where you went. I just need a sort of general status <laughs> oh, update just, on Germany. You did go to Germany general. that one time that you went to see that tiny little town. What? That you went to see that tiny town. Oh, Miniature Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually my birthday three years ago. Well, there uh, we go. That the only big seems two like six. Seems like actually, I'm far more interested in uh, how your 26th birthday was. Uh, it was pretty good. Cool, good. So, uh, how was um, how was Amsterdam? It was really good. I was so annoyed on the last day. I walked past a guitar shop just as they closed. Right. I was like, ah, oh, and it looked really good. It looked like it had some cool stuff in there. And a friend of um, ours um, that used to work with this has moved out there. And I was asking him, obviously, because he's a guitar player, what the guitar shop's like. And he's like, oh, there's a really good vintage one somewhere in town. But I never got to find it. I did accidentally also spend 35 euros on chocolate. Um, accidentally? <laughs> accidentally, yeah. Over the period of three days or whatever, or in no, one, in in one, one, one hit? in one go. Freddos are absolutely astonishingly expensive. It's really expensive to import them. That's the thing. Gold gold leaf Freddo. The the black market for Freddos in Amsterdam is. uh, I've just got to have one. I don't care. They they actually did a trade. They were like, "Look, you can keep the coffee shops, but we're banning Freddos." (laughs) So people have to smuggle them in. Um, Wow. So what does thirty-five euros of chocolate actually get you? Uh, it got me 10 of probably the best chocolates I've ever eaten. 10 actually. chocolates? 3 euro 50 a chocolate? Actually, that's yeah. not, it's not that bad. completely bananas, is it? No, I reckon if they're nice How ones. big were the chocolates? Uh, like, I don't know, like an inch squared. Some of them may be a bit bigger. Like a little truff, truffle style. Like the size yeah. of a dragon heart plectrum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to bring it back to guitars in some way, yeah, I guess. Um, so how's everyone's week been, Matt? You've obviously been to Amsterdam. Jay Cross, what have you been up to? I've had uh, two band practices with two different bands. Blimey. 
And I've got another one after this tonight. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, not a third new one, but a second. How uh, have they been going? It's been fine. Um, the first one that I had, which is the one that I've got again tonight, was cool. Um, some great pedals on show, as you'd expect. Okay. I would not expect that. <laughs> from, my no, mates, not expect you're in. from my mates. Um, yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm playing, I had a couple of practices with uh, your friend of mine, Dan Grace, from oh, uh, the EVH, the, the, uh, the, the infamous <laughs> Guitar Nerds EVH pedal demo fame. Yep, disaster demo. Uh, yes, uh, he's playing his absolutely banging custom shop telly, which is one of the best Telecasters I've ever one of the best guitars I've ever played. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely, it's, um, one of that guitar he, is just. He plays it. Plays it in that EVH demo. Yes, he does. Yeah, uh, which is the what guitar got the grief, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, because um, he, he played a telly for a for an Eddie Van Halen. Funny enough, you mentioned that guitar, Jay, because I actually found exactly the same guitar for sale second hand. Oh, really? So, for, for yeah, exactly who... the same spec. Um, is his a, is his a relic or is it not? It is it's a relic. It's a relic. Yeah. Yeah. For people no, who aren't aware, guitar and a NOS. For people who aren't aware of what it is, um, can, do you want to talk us through the spec, Matt? It's, it's, it's a no caster with a fifty-two neck, if I remember rightly, isn't it? Because it, it is. doesn't have the no caster neck on yep. it. But uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, so it's not. No- it's not a no caster because no casters. Um, no, cast- on it? no casters have got um, flathead screws, whereas Telecasters have got uh, Phillips screws. Ah, so is great. it something he ordered up custom? Yeah, it is. It wasn't yeah. something from stock? No, it was something that he ordered custom. Oh, man, um, that must have been so expensive. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Then, really- I mean, it's not well, that it's much not, more it's not expensive. It's completely to- astonishing, you know. It's What's not- the difference? What, what is the price point difference between taking something stock? Like, if we say the there average, no difference. The average stock is, is like two and a half. Yeah, yeah that's no what difference. a new one will be. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you custom order something, that's all. If you get something off the shelf, that's only the same as you're only paying paying the same price as the custom order. Except you just you, get it quicker. You're getting it quicker. Yeah, and you can try it before you buy it. So you're playing bass in this band. I am. What um what are you using? What pedals? What amp were you using? At the- uh, well, it was just in the practice room, so I was using a SVT into a six. Per ten, eight per ten, eight per ten. Okay. Um, and I was running which, which SVT seven probably. Uh, big wooden box or rack mounted head. Don't remember. Okay. Actually, as it happens, don't remember. Um, in room three, I think. Of, yeah, of Brighton Electric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you know? Uh, yeah, it's an SVT four fifty. There we go. They yeah, don't yeah. have any sevens, so yeah. Right. Um, and uh, I was using my Sans amp. Um as the preamp uh, the uh, BB1X as the drive pedal which okay. I just left on um, and I also took but didn't use my harmonic percolator um, I can't believe you don't use that see I wouldn't be using the Sansamp or the Boss if I had a harmonic percolator really you just use that I think I'd just have that really Okay. I would love that it's just a preamp mm. well I'll give that a go I'll, I'll give that a go third eye pedals in Brighton do a copycat I think there's there. I think that's going to be alongside the the Dumble I think the harmonic percolator is going to be new one. it's going to be the new sort I think, of mass cloned yeah maybe I, I'm I, definitely going to get one it's just the the thing that third eye do it on rotary controls yeah which makes a lot more the, sense it does but I just love the, the sliders the sliders yeah. on the on the proper one yeah. it's so I cool. mean it's wicked I, 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 but it is a bit of a noise that you can't um, there's no power supply input 
Oh, really? No. You have to run out yeah, of batteries. batteries. Well, yes, but what I've done is I've got a converter. So, I think, okay. um, yeah, of Joe, if you're actually after one, there's a company called uh, Frederick Effects, which I think are based in the UK. Mm. They are. And I believe they, one of the guys... Actually, I was going to say one of the guys behind it, I think, is in the Facebook group. He is, yeah, because yeah. it's... I've, yeah. I've got a feeling, I'm not 100%, I mean, he'll probably correct me if he's listening to this, that I think... Um, he had something to do with the original or he knew the guy he, who built the original. He's got an original. Yeah, and uh, his one is basically a, a, a circuit copy. It's Does like he exactly make his with sliders, do you know? No, it's no, with two, right, two knobs. Just like this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Jay, so... Was, two knobs. Um, <laughs> indeed. So, um, but the, uh, the most important... Um, part about this band is uh, the aforementioned Dan who's using his uh, amazing telly um, is using both a El Capistan and an RE20 the reason being he used to use an RE20 sold it because he was like nah El Capistan sounds better and then after about six months went you know what it doesn't the RE20 sounds better so he got another RE20 and uses that most of the time and then uses the um, uses the El Capistan some of the time. So basically, you've got in his ear in the pub and gone... No, no, no. I was actually completely surprised when he turned up and he had both and uh, and that's why. But the other guitarist is also... The other guitarist is using a uh, um, a Bigfoot King Fuzz. Okay. Um, and I actually went out with Reese uh, over the weekend from This from is uh, Reese from Fuzz, Bigfoot. Uh, from Bigfoot, sorry. And uh, yeah, we had a little talk about what he's got coming up. Uh, yeah, some new, yeah, it's inside. about time some new stuff came out, really. It I must know. be he does four pedals, and one of them you have to use with another pedal to make it work. Yeah. It must be, what, a couple of years since he's done new pedal? What pedal? was the last one? I guess it was the... The, um, the Trouble Booster. booster. The Trouble. Yeah. Yep. Um, so there's a new one, um, and it's a tremolo. Okay, are you allowed oh, to talk about it? I am allowed to talk about it. Are I, you sure? 100%. I asked him. Have we uh, got a name yet? Because the names are all pretty good, the, aren't they? There is a name, and I can't remember what it is. It's called The Rumble. Okay. It's called The Rumble, and the picture is a rhino. Okay. Um, and he said he's done the same as what he's done on, you know, how he does that big amp, little amp yep. uh, switching thing. He's done that. Um, the little amp is uh, meant to be like a tremolo from a, um, from a Princeton, I think he said. Uh, and then the big amp is from a super reverb. Okay. Uh, and he said, "I did now. I didn't quite understand the technical technical side of what it was." He did explain to me how it worked. He said something along the lines of how um, amp re- amp tremolos are um, are optical. Yeah. And it's oh, now. What did he say? He said it's like it's difficult to replicate that when you're doing. A pedal, and he's found a way to make it sound a lot more authentic. He reckons. Cool. So, yeah, because that's that's the thing, isn't it? Is that on a Princeton, it's labelled vibrato. Yeah. And it is actually tremolo because it's a dip in volume. Yes. But the actual those old amp ones, it is physically pulling power from the valves yeah. to reduce the output and then pushing it back. Again. That's right. Yeah. And so he, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know how you'd replicate it on a pedal. He because... reckons he's done something, and he says it sounds amazing. Um, but yes, so that. Is yeah, that'll be that'll be out soonish. I hope. Nice. I'm sure we'll get a first uh, 
first demo dibs. I hope so. But uh, yeah, it sounded wicked and he seemed really excited about it. Cool. Um, so yeah, and if you've seen any videos of Reese, he doesn't tend to get excited very often. Um, he was animated <laughs> about his tremolo. Yeah. He, he was, was a bit up and down, you could say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. Joe Branton, you've been getting uh, yeah. very excited uh, about a particular bass oh this week. Oh my good lord. Yes, yes. Tell us about so, it. So, well, um, when perusing the... Actually, I, I think it was... it was. I said perusing the internet, but it wasn't. It was It was sent to me by um, by Joe Puttick, a fellow that I work with. A, um, a custom shop, 59 precision bass with a 55 neck pickup or you know the, pickup the, the, single, the sort of telly style yeah so telly the straight so the single coil rather than the humbucking yep. um, precision bass pickup um, on a relict shell pink body nice with a gold anodized plate when are you buying this oh I really wanted to now it falls on the on the more expensive area end of custom shops it's, it's like uh, it's like 2700 quid so okay. it's, it's, it's a chunk of money but um, I, I popped it up on the group. I actually, also, <clears throat> I found on Toman and also on that website, they have the same thing, but um, uh, with a Rosewood 60s neck um, in uh, aged Olympic white with a torque guard and the 55 pickup for 2,100 quid. You save a lot of money by not having shell pink and gold anodized. You could yeah, also but... order this, though. <clears throat> I could just yeah. order one. And I, I could. I'm sure it would work out but more financially beneficial for you. Probably, probably. But after I shared it um, and put, you know pointed out how amazing it was, I got an email from um, the Fender purchaser at the guitar shop I work at. Yep. And he was like, oh, I didn't realise you'd be that into these. I actually was given an option on a few of these, <gasps> including... Including... Um, purple flake oh what are you talking about oh, that sounds amazing I know and he was like I can get you some prices if you want did so, you get those prices no I told him no I told him no no because I don't I don't have the money for it right now and I don't want to build myself up to this and then not be able to get it so we'll see you could get um, what's that r- rubbish um, fake fender company that you always talk about no, what Sire no the other one <laughs> The one that does like custom oh, relics. Oh, they're not they're not re- limelight. Yeah, you could get one of them to build. You could get them to build it for what like a grand or something. Yeah, they do them for about a grand. Yeah, I I I, I like the limelight stuff, but I do think I, I have come around to the fact that yes, if I was going to spend a grand on a limelight, I should spend two grand on a on yes, a vendor. completely. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you yeah, finally seen the light. Nice on you've that. caught up with us. Uh, all right, I know, six and months, it's six purely months. on, and it's the worst reason to 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 not buy something, but purely on resale value. I think I I'd, don't think that is a well, no, I, mean, I guess you're right. It's not a bad. It's not a bad thing because we are the sort of people that buy and sell lots of gear. We tend to not buy one thing that we yeah. stick with forever. So because we buy and sell lots of gear, what we buy always has to be sellable. So yes, that makes perfect sense, and it's why I will get a Fender custom shop. Although I'm really, really tempted to just get a Sire still. Oh yeah, I mean, you, so you put something up on the site, or you did some writing for the site this week about Sire bases, um, and. I've kind of come around to the idea. The dawn of sire. I'm going to get in touch with them and see whether we can, uh, yeah, maybe get one to have a look at, maybe so, do a demo of. Because they haven't really made an inroad over here at all. The only no. shop you can get them from is um, is Toman over here. And actually, they're loads cheaper in America than they right. are because Toman have got a markup on them. And um, sire are selling them directly in the States. Yes. They, don't, they don't use shops. And that's actually part of their whole thing. Part of their whole ethic is that 
They cut out shops. You buy them directly from them. They give you really high quality instruments at a really low price. Maybe you're their way into the UK. <clears throat> Maybe. Maybe you could be their man. I mean, that's what that's what Gordon Smith do. Yeah, go, yeah, I know. Go direct. They just which go is why, and, yeah, exactly. Which is why, why you can get a custom shop, yeah. Les Paul Junior, for seven nine nine. Absolutely. The only problem with it is there's there's only so big a company like that can get. You know, there's only so big that, that it, it's why, despite the fact that Gordon Smith make and have for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever. Way longer than that. Really? Is yeah, it? it's probably nearly 40 oh, years. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I didn't realise. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a re- the reason why they've been producing guitars at such high quality, but have never got to the, you know, the, the position of someone like... Um, Someone like Gibson or someone like you know any of those companies you know they've if they've been around that long which I hadn't appreciated you know they they've got their heritage there hmm. but they don't have people on the the front line as it were sort of pushing them and they're not in the the people's focal point. Well, they've got to do all their own marketing as absolutely, well, which yeah. is you know you're it's not going and, and Ben Smith shops. do absolutely no marketing. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. no. It's funny though because it's it's funny you mention them because actually yesterday I was looking at a company called Rock and Roll Relics. Oh yeah, which are a similar a similar thing to Gordon Smith, but they're double the price, if yeah. not triple the price. They for the lo- same type of guitar. They look so Gordon Smith. I really like Gordon Smith, but I don't think they have that real custom shop feel to them. Oh, they really? F- that I think they feel like a guitar that is exactly what they're priced at. Yeah, I don't I think you're getting a bargain oh, really? with a Gordon oh, okay. Smith. I think you're buying a guitar that's just right for the money they are. Yeah, because they're very are, good. They're proper players' guitars. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're what, seven or 800 quid now? Something I, like that? I'm not yeah, even yeah, sure they are. Yeah. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Just, just having a look, actually. They're just right for that money, whereas I've seen the Rock and Roll Relic stuff in the flesh, actually. I saw it when I was at NAMM, and it is, like, custom shop good. It's like... And the thing, they focus a lot on, like, Les Paul Juniors, which I guess, like, Gibson don't focus on so much. Um... And they're really good. They're really, really nice. And what are they like? Fifteen hundred dollars, something like that. So yeah, I think they do it. They, I saw there's um, I think World Guitars have a SG Junior in uh, TV Yellow, which is like seventeen nine nine, and it's relic. I mean, it looks pretty, pretty class. Yeah, I think they're um, they're a real cool brand, and they do loads of stuff on Instagram and stuff like that. They seem to be kind of at the forefront of the social thing. So. Yeah, check out Rock does, and Roll Relic. Does it say does, what does it say on the headstock? I wish the yeah, because that says, is a terrible. It, I think name. it says Rock and Roll Relic. See, oh, I, see this sure is exactly why I wouldn't buy a bass collection bass, even though they made some of the best like Fender copies for a while. What you, the, you those little cheap ones? No, they they were good. They made those they made those cool Ricky copies as well. Oh yeah, they did. They made some really yeah, cool. Yeah, the Ricky Mac- ones were actually all right. See, everything Bass Collection did was great, except for the weird bubble font that said Bass Collection yeah, London. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it was bubbles; like, they were made out of thumbs. Oh, it was the same way God. that the, the Bass Centre logo used to be. It was like yeah. who was in charge of that? Yeah, it was and the eighties, basically. <laughs> I think was when Bass Centre started. That's the problem. Is I'm I, like, I I'm I'm f- fine with being called, um, a, you know, I don't know, a, a little bit. Of a what's the word traditionalist? I, gear snob. I guess so, but like rock and roll relics. You want that? It's on not the a great name. It's, no. it's not a great no. name. Like no. it's it's they should they should make a brand out of it. That's not that's not a brand. That's it's, a what that is is it's it's a that sounds like it's a, a shop. service. That sounds like a shop. It, it's a description of the, what they do. It's not a brand. You'd be surprised how big the company actually is. Like oh, no, I'm I know sure the they name, are. The name is really bad, correct. but people don't mind it. 
people are really really into their stuff cool but so. but you'd have to be into it despite the name whereas you know yeah of if course you just, if yeah. you just have a decent name then it's it's not a problem yeah I mean you know stuff like Gordon Smith and Harley Benton and <laughs> and stuff like that you know it's not it, it's not like um, you're not playing it's not super super high quality sure. it's not super like top end but they're still decent guitars sure but at the same time there are a lot of custom builders out there that are just a person's name and yeah. like I don't remember any of them, but whereas Nash. I remember yeah, Rock Nash. and Roll Relics. I um, I really think we should go to that um, Holy Grail guitar show in Germany because yeah, okay, some of, the, some of the crazy stuff there, like there, I mean, there's like so many weird brands and like just crazy guitar shapes and stuff like we'll that. We'll see what I we mean. can do. I um I booked um my tour plus extras uh, to go to the Fender. Uh, visitor Centre Oh, oh nice, nice. In, in two weeks Two weeks Yeah something like Interesting. that Interesting So you're going to get Loads of photos And good yeah, stuff Yeah that's That's what I'm doing I'm cool. going there So I get to go on the tour And then I get to do Some like special Separate from the tour stuff Afterwards Nice cool. Yeah yeah So I'm going to do that I'm hoping That there'll be Some really cool stuff That I can actually Take photos I'm really hoping There's going to be A Sean Hurley There's a new For 2016 A new Sean Hurley Custom shop signature precision base in is that? aged. I'll tell you in a minute. In aged uh, charcoal frost, which is the best colour Fender have ever done. No, it's not. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, aged charcoal frost. I'm so into no, it's it. Not. So um, Sean bit, Hurley, white <clears throat> sunset aged, orange transparent aged charcoal frost. So uh, Sean Hurley is the bass player for um, some fella. Um, what's, <laughs> what's that fella who's always got a celebrity girlfriend? John Oi. Mayer. Yes. There you go. Okay. He's the bass player for John Mayer. Um, and, I like uh, got that from that. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's, he's a great bass player, and basically he plays his dad's 61P bass, and it's the same bass he's always played. Um, and it's just a 61P bass, Sunburst, Torque Guard, Rosewood Neck, and he's had a Jaguar mute kit fitted just above the bridge so right. he can flip up Rendering the, the guitar completely worthless. <laughs> Well, well, evidently not in this case. Well, yeah, um, and he and he strings with flats, so it's like the coolest, deadest, like jazziest sound. Oh, are you going to come back from America with a bass? Um, I'm going to try to, yeah. And so they, they've made <laughs> um, they've made like a, a Fender Custom Shop version of exactly that, yeah, um, which is great. And I've always been like, that is the coolest custom shop bass I've ever seen. But even though I buy all my guitars in Sunburst, I think if I was going to go custom shop. I probably wouldn't want Sunburst. So the fact that they released it in the only colour that Fender do that's better than Sunburst, um, aged charcoal, you're ridiculous. Uh, frost. So I'm, I'm so excited. A couple of bits of news from me this week. Um, first up, the uh, Maleco Charlie Foxtrot finally turned up. And it is the maddest pedal I've ever Sweet heard. Moses. Me and Branton were playing with it uh, a little bit earlier before we started podcasting. It's, it's like a rainbow machine, but maybe is weirder. It, do you think it's weirder than the Count to Five? Does it do a similar thing? Yes. Because was this the yes. one we were talking about where the guy, the original demo was the guy from the Dandy Warhol? It's a signature model Same for one? him. Right, okay. Um, so they call it a, I think they call it a granular delay sampler. So... Basically, it doesn't do loops. What it's doing is, like, it's got a triggered input, like a threshold-connected um, input, that when you strike a note or a chord above that threshold, it will repeat that like a delay, 
but it doesn't fade off like a delay. There's no like release time. It just like mm. it just plays the same note again in an interval that you've specified for an amount of times that you specified. But it will also do randomized pitch on that as well. And the pitch can be like seemingly like two octaves down or maybe even further. It could be like three octaves down. And it will either just jump to that pitch or it can glide between two pitches. Um, but it also, if you're, if you, so if you hit a chord... None of that's controllable. No, none of this is controllable. It does it completely at random, it seems. That's quite cool. Um, and so if you hit a chord and it's doing the repeats, you can then hit another chord and it instantly stops that dead and starts doing a fresh set of repeats. It's one of the weirdest pedals I've ever experienced. That's quite cool. I suppose it's taking... I mean, you know, pedals like the old DD3, which had like a, a hold mode, which sampled like two seconds. Yep. They gave you like real stuttered repeats with no fade. I suppose it's taking that idea and then just like completely adding a load of other parameters to it's, that sound. I would say I it's probably it's like that hold mode or, you know, like um, a freeze or something like that mixed with the Rainbow Machine. Yeah. It's doing like weird, like random pitch trails and things like that. It's absolutely so the, bonkers. Um, so you know, I think the controls you've got like size and obviously uh, like preamp. So I'm assuming you can add drive in as you well, can. and then there's, you can control how long the capture amount is. Yes. So basically, the two top left controls, which are size and duration, are like delay length and feedback. Um, then the one on the top right is your pitch randomizer, and I yeah. haven't quite figured out how that works yet because we only just got this out of the box earlier to have a play. Um, and um, then you've got your preamp control, then your mix control, and with it all the way up, obviously you just hear the madness going on. And then the last one is... I can't remember. There's another control threshold? on Threshold? The threshold, yeah, of course, yeah. So it's just they, a real they, bonkers pedal. They've made some, like, some really awesome pedals, and obviously they now make a load of synth stuff, including the System 500 for, for Roland, um, which is pretty... Is pretty pretty amazing really the fact that Roland have asked them to build all their synthesizer models <laughs> definitely definitely yeah I mean it's, I think that's a huge jump for the company basically because um, they've been around yeah they've been around for a long time and they actually made mini pedals I think way before mini pedals actually really took off I remember you having some Maleco like mini stuff on your board a long time ago and they also did and actually they still do make it they make a lo-fi analogue delay which is like a analogue delay with like a ring modulator built in oh my god that sounds amazing um, Uh, I don't know why I didn't know about this company they do a lot of cool stuff and again yeah like Matt says loads of it is like loads of it is uh, is like lo-fi stuff Uh, and if you want you know if people have been getting into like the Chase Bliss stuff and Earthquaker and all this kind of more weird stuff Maleco do some really cool options at not ridiculous money definitely a company on the up yes Um, so one last bit of news an apology if you if you will um, before we dive into the news no apologies Last week we may have played the intro music twice. May have. Uh, we definitely played the intro music I, twice. I at first, when I was listening back, I thought it was deliberate because, like, it just it it came in at a point when Jay was going off on one so just, about something that had nothing to do with guitars. You were going off on one about synthesizers, <laughs> and then the music just came in for the whole time that you were talking <laughs> and came back. Came back to us talking exactly where when we'd sort of finished. I thought oh, it right. was deliberate. Maybe I, I'll just do that. Or maybe like every time your mic's on, Brenton, or I'll just put a noise just, gate in that automatically trigger. plays the 
thing. How how can you put I, like a gate? Can you put like a gated uh, volume? Yeah, so <laughs> everything else ducks out. The music comes back in, and then when Brant is finished or, talking, no, no, maybe if it's just if that if there's just like enough sustained volume that goes into Joe's mic after a period of time, it just starts to. Just drips, drips bear, off. Drops bear in off. mind that in in the editing of this podcast, you essentially have to put music at the start and the end, and so, that's it. Um, How did you manage to mess up the five minutes that you need to spend in Pro Tools to do my this? My computer is not very good. Um, always it's struggling these days, and uh, I think I tried to copy the intro music to the end and I may have copied it twice by accident and left one of the copies <laughs> about five minutes from the beginning of the podcast so um, yeah sorry about that we'll try not to do it again this week um, but who knows I might just put the music over this whole bit that would be quite funny anyway should we dive in some news Newbian um, so have announced the dual boost Matty tell us about it Um, yeah so basically uh, a sort of redesign and a take on one of their other boosts but the cool thing about all the sur pedals is dual options but only one foot switch so you hold down the center foot switch and it goes to a second boost okay. um, and because it's a super transparent clean boost you can basically set it up one something you might leave on all the time to kind of make thing of everything sound a bit nicer a bit warmer and then when you've got drive on you want an extra volume boost you just hold down the foot switch and it goes to the second boost press it again and it goes back to the uh to the original boost so it's quite cool and uh, you've got two high cut modes on there as well so you can take out some of the top end and then it basically gives you either up to 10 or up to 20 db so quite a cool little oh, it's such a it's such a sur product isn't it it's, that is exactly what i was going to say so my issue <laughs> you're going to complain that it's very boring well not that it's very boring <laughs> yeah. it's not that it's, it's boring. so it's, session isn't it it's well, so like 80s shredder my issue with sur has always been that everything is just a little bit too clinical yeah. you know even yeah, like the Sur Riot which is the pedal that everyone's like oh yeah you know like it's just a little too clinical that said clinical is exactly what you want for something that's going to be a clean boost yeah. yeah so this seems like a perfect pedal for oh, yeah. Sur to produce do you know just what I mean it's like a boost with a treble cut I was like oh you're taking all the fun out of a clean <laughs> boost yeah <laughs> You've got to just wind some of that top back, so oh, just things yeah. don't, so things don't get too exciting. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> think about it. Think about it like when you had that terrible you want it to sound edgy. Knot, Joe. Just yeah. wind that top oh, back in. God. Oh god, I forgot you had oh, a yeah, top yeah. knot. <laughs> Not only did I have a top knot, I did some demo videos uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, of some bases when I had that top knot. Yeah. And, um, Do you still get grief about oh, it in I the comments? Every every morning when um, the chap who I work with who runs the uh, the YouTube when he turns up and he logs and he checks the comments like just every now and again there is there is a sort of like a great bass awful haircut <laughs> <laughs> I know I know I know it was Sorry, a bad we've, time. All, we've all had them. I mean we did tell you at the time yeah I know I know you did Against everyone told the, me everyone like told six me. months today so like. oh so recently I did um, I did I did a demo video for the new boss bass compressor and I was like um I was really chuffed with it actually. I was really happy with the with the video and, and really happy with the pedal. And I was kind of like, uh, I was like, I'm terrible at playing in these things. I just can't, I can't play bass without like a drum kit along with me. And I, I'm fully aware of that. And and also without like a whole pedal board of stuff, I just find it difficult. And I I, I never sound very good. But I was like, oh, I think I've done an all right job. All the comments are positive. I've got no thumbs down. And YouTube is a horrible place to upload a demo. Because people who comment on YouTube, nine times out of ten... Matt's are, ones are usually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, I was oh, going to say... Actually, I was, you I got was a nice quite... one. you got a nice one today, which I, 
which I'll tell you in a minute. But uh, yeah, I um, I was like, all my comments were good on this video until this morning, sort of logged in, checked it. Top comment on there was like, um, why does this company always get crap bass players to play? <laughs> what? I, like, oh. I did some bass demos. I know you did. Well, they probably hadn't watched yours. It's probably all mine. But yeah, Matt, um, you got one uh, today on a really, really old video that just said, wow, he's lost weight since. <laughs> <laughs> That is good. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> How about that? Indeed. Um, so, Joe Branton, some slightly more exciting news. Uh, it's not quite a clean boost. Um, Babbage have introduced some bridges, some brand new bridges. Yes, yes, they have, um, which is great. I mean, I really liked the Babbage. I think, to be honest, I, they weren't on my radar at all until um, they um, until they appeared on the Gibbs. 
yeah. as well. Like even the Leo Quad ones, at least they're a normal depth. They're just <laughs> sort of large. chunky. Yeah. These ones, um, because of the way they're the, the saddles work, which is kind of like um, a semicircular disc that the the string rests across, rather than it having any straight angles to go across, because that kind of affects how the sustain runs from the strings into the, the the wood of the body. So they have these semi-circular saddles for the string to glide across. Because of those, it, that comes so far out of the body that they are really substantial. But yes, uh, basically Babbage have just released a new line that uh, are kind of... Um, the Z series. Yeah, um, which uh, just are kind of extensions of, um, or variants of... Uh, the the sort of Babbage style of bridge that they've uh, that they've been making, you know, for for some years. But a real cool alternative to a Leo quad. If you were thinking about upgrading your sort of four or five string, I didn't see any six strings in the. Not yet. No. I mean, not a huge market. <laughs> no. But, yeah. uh, so. One last bit of news this week. Um, Charvel have announced some brand new Sandemus and SoCal guitars. Um, Matt, this sounds like something that you'll probably know about. Yeah, well, I mean, the most, most important thing to know about this guitar range is the fact that they do it in neon pink. Yes. Um, I didn't know that, and now what? I'm very happy. Yeah. yeah. I love so these guitars. And I know, actually, it, it's funny, really. I think it's one of those things where, I mean, they're obviously at the height of popularity in the kind of 80s because they were that sort of super strat sort of shred guitar that is sort of making a bit of a comeback because people want a super strat they don't necessarily want maybe like an Ibanez or anything like that but they want the range of sounds that you're going to get from having humbuckers and the option to coil tap um, so you've got the SoCal uh, body shape and the Sandemus which are very very similar there's only slight differences between the two both come in dual humbuckers, both come with uh, either Floyd Rose or Hardtail um, and coil tappable humbuckers. Um, but it's, it's quite nice because I think they do things like, um, they do like a white Sandemus with like Zebra Seymour Duncans that you can then um, basically split into single coil. So you get a good range of like Strat sounds, you get a good range of sort of humbucker sounds, good for kind of shred players. Or someone who just want, doesn't want to play a strat. I think that's the thing. Is there people out there who may be looking at something like the Elite, but, but don't want something with Fender on the headstock, basically. So, what are my options if I want to get a neon pink Charvel? So, neon pink, they do the Sandemus... Uh, no, sorry, the SoCal style. Um, and I think they do it in a hardtail and a Floyd Rose. Okay. Um, super strat. JB humbuckers, uh, maple neck. Yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of all you want, really. Scratch plate, and no scratch plate. Scratch plate. Um, so the SoCal's have like they're basically like you know modded strats, basically. Okay. Um, have the modern neck adjustment for truss rod at the bottom, which is quite a nice feature. Uh, black scratch plate, and uh, yeah, neon pink. That sounds awesome. Do we know what sort of money they're going to be? Uh, 680 ah. so actually like sub 700 you're looking at sort of like American special sort of money Yeah. and to be honest I mean there isn't a lot else on the market if you're looking to spend that sort of money and you're looking at maybe a Fender but you don't want something with single coils and you want something that's maybe sort of more down the sort of rock or even metal market you're looking at Ibanez and to be honest things like the RG's aren't the same sort of guitar they're very very different um and these have a compound radius that go all the way to 16 at the top what? end so they're actually flatter yeah they're actually a flatter radius than most ibanez 
Um, so they start at 12 and then they oh, go they all the start way at 12? Yeah, and they're right, also okay. 25 and a half inch scale. Um, all right, okay. Nice. So, yeah, they're um, they're good. Jumbo frets, so they work really well if you want to put big, thick strings on them as well. Um, that sounds like, in terms of spec, that sounds really good, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what a lot of people would want from a, like I say, like a Strat, but necessarily not using it for maybe a more traditional Strat yeah. sound, for example. Or, you know, what you'd expect a Strat player to play, for example. You know, by having jumbo frets on there and a hardtail just means that, you know, 11s or, you know, even 12s are going to feel really nice on there and you're still going to be able to get a really low action. Um, so, so, I've got a question. What's happening with Jackson? Do we know? Uh, because I didn't see any new stuff from Jackson at NAM. I haven't heard of a new Jackson model for a long time. Um, and it seems that Charvel have kind of come in and, uh, you know, obviously they're both overseen by Fender. Um Charvel have kind of come in and done loads of new models and done loads of new cool stuff. Have we heard anything about Jackson in a while? I think there, I think there are some new Jacksons, no, I but think, I think um, only in terms of like what they already do. Yeah, um, they, so they did release some new stuff for Nam. Okay, they, uh, but it was all custom shop stuff. Okay, and it was all um, crazy um, airbrushed, pointy stuff. So okay. nothing. Yeah, well, because the exactly guy that is. does the Jackson Custom Shop is the same guy who's been, I think, been doing the Custom Shop, like, since the beginning. Okay. Uh, um, but, yeah, actually, I was just having a quick look on their website. I think I've, they're doing a couple more of the Kelly uh, ranges with that are on the cheaper side of things. And also something called the Monarch, uh, which is like a Les Paul, but with a Jackson headstock. Okay. Uh, looks very weird. I need uh, to check that out. I'm quite into that. Yeah, uh, I need to have a look at that. We've got some new signature models. Um, Who have we got? Which players are we not going to be able to name? Uh, Christian Andriau. Okay, uh, don't know who He that plays is. with French Metal Act Gojira or Gojira or Gojira. 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 Uh, yeah, Japanese for Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris Broderick. Uh, who plays in uh, Act of Defiance. Oh, yeah, sweet. I love them. Prefer their uh, earlier David stuff. David Ellefson. Ellefson. Ellefson, uh, yeah. Ellefson. He's been a indoor oh, for quite a while. Signature four-string, five-string. Uh, Misha Mansur, obviously, uh, I think they've done, I think, if I remember rightly, they're doing a cheaper version um, in satin black, actually, which is quite a big thing because the Juggernaut is actually, even for someone like me who's not really into periphery, the, the six string was actually a really nice guitar but at three grand like you know looks amazing but I think they've got, I've got a feeling that actually this satin black one's going to be like the eight nine hundred pound mark cool um, not confirmed on that I, but I'm sure I heard someone mentioning it at work the other day that there might be a cheaper one so nice well Matt maybe um, we're talking about doing this um, brand spotlight on the podcast um, maybe you could do a bit of research on Jackson and come back to us in yeah. a couple of weeks with a. Ver- I'll, le- I'll learn how to gent and then you know yeah. I can demo it definitely right. definitely shall we do some questions wait I've got a little bit more news okay what's this breaking um, news well this breaking news is that um, S and K pedals um, have a very small uh, pedal company have released their their first limited run of um, VHD distortion pedals okay do you remember the Ampeg VH amplifiers from the 90s? No. Uh, they were a solid state guitar amp okay. made in the 90s. 
um, that, I mean, according to um, S and K pedals, um, really defined uh, hardcore and death metal in the 90s. Um, I don't know anything about these amps, but I'm kind of into the idea, and certainly that was like a prime time for guitarists in heavier genres moving to sort of solid state amplifiers. Yeah. So they have, <laughs> these amps obviously have long since been um, discontinued. So S&K pedals have taken the distortion channel from the uh, VH amps, variable harmonic amps by Ampeg, and have put them into, um, into pedals. Um, and they are making five of these pedals um, at $200 a pop. Wow, okay. And uh, they, I, I watched the demo and it's one of the most amazing sounding distortions I've ever Are heard. Are you going to buy one of these? I'm, I'm not going to get one, not for myself, but um, I, I don't think I'm doomy enough to require this I think you'll quite do me it's yeah you would you play pop music but the, these these pedals are it is the coolest um, sounding distortion I, you know I've heard it in a looks long great. time so well I mean it's a black box that looks like someone's Tipex the logo on it looks like an old Ampeg like. yeah exactly but I mean look that really does look like they've it, Tipexed on the it, logo it's not I, um, the greatest uh, decal no my... but um, but I'll, I'll share it on the group snkpedals.bigcartel.com and uh, you can I've, have a look and watch the demo and everything what are you going to say Matt? to mention Mark before you um, before you went on actually when we were talking about the Charlie Foxtrot uh, Catlin Bread I think I mentioned it when we were talking about a text have done a new pedal which is basically based on an 80s it's a delay pedal it's based on an 80s Walkman so the delay it's like you know when you used to have like an old Walkman CD player and it used to skip the CD used to skip basically they've taken that idea and then built it into a delay pedal what? so it like randomly skips when you're like so you get like delay but then it like randomly jumps so if and there's you're... no way to really control when it jumps either <laughs> so if you're playing guitar in the back of your parents car driving to Chessington and you're playing a bit of like I don't know Michael Jackson or something um, you go over a bump and then it all the delay will skip is that right? yeah okay, that is basically cool. it I'm into it into it in a big way good stuff um, so should we do some questions? questionable intentions <laughs> First up, Will says, My made in Mexico telly weighs a ton and it gives me shoulder ache. Is this normal or does it vary a lot? Jay Cross. Um, yes and yes. Yes, it is relatively normal, but yes, it does vary a lot. So why would it vary? Uh, this is a difficult thing to say without sort of sounding like I'm being a little bit dismissive, but... Bit of a gear snob. Yeah, I mean, in general, the reason that it varies is because the wood is cheaper um, they're not it, very good is the reason it's not that they're not very good because you know this may well be a Baja I've played Bajas that are super heavy and I've played Bajas that are super light you Mexican know, standards aren't very good the, the Mexican vintage reissues and the classic player series are great I've never been a huge fan of Mexican standard Telecasters personally I would rather have a top end Squire than a Mexican standard Telecaster but um, this isn't about us Joe alright uh, the the thing the the thing about it is is that one of the ways that they keep the price down with guitars that are built in Mexico is um, they use materials that aren't as high grade, and so if you pick up an American standard Telecaster, generally it will probably be they'll probably all be around about the same weight. Yeah, they'll probably all look pretty good and pretty similar. Um, whereas if you pick up a Mexican standard, they 
they and, and even as I say, even a Baja or even you know one of the um, one of the the reissues. So like you know the seventy two or the um, or the sixties, they will they sometimes might just get a really heavy one and. I'm actually not that bothered about that. I think it's cool. I like a heavy guitar, but it's just something that you've got to deal with and you've got to sort of be aware of when you purchase it, I guess, to a certain degree. You know, maybe just get a thicker padded strap. Um, I think... Really, they're, they're quite a dangerous guitar, I think, to buy online, the Made in Mexico standard series. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's some excellent ones, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, it's just very... There's a lot of variation. Yeah, you need to, to I definitely want to try it before I but buy even, it. But even... I mean, even if you've got a heavy one, um, you know, it might be that the guitar plays really great and sounds really nice. Absolutely. And that's... You know, I, I really like heavy guitars. I quite my, like the idea Les of Paul a heavy weight. Ton, weighs a ton. Um, I, I think my, my Les Paul weighs a ton, and I absolutely love it for that. Um... And my, I don't think my telly's the lightest either. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Sometimes you get heavy ones and you either need to, um, well, you just need to, you just need to get like a thicker strap or, you know, well, that's sort of the only thing to do really. Yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, actually, quite an interesting thing that uh, Juan Aldret, um did for his, um, his 70s P-Bass, um, because he was playing... He has, he has like a, a 70 and it weighs a ton. Um, and at this particular time, he's playing like two and a half hour sets. So he had a second strap lock um, fitted. Uh, where was it? Oh, it was behind it? the lower horn. So he could yeah, I've seen wear, those, it like that a, wear it like a belt. Yeah, so he yeah, has yeah. one strap going over his shoulder yeah, normally yeah. and then a second one that he wears as a belt. Yeah, there was and a, it takes I believe there was a. Um, there is actually a guitar strap that goes yeah. like a saxophone yeah. strap that loops over the the neck. And Jack then White played one bits. for a while, didn't he? I think. Yeah, I, it was. A, I think Planet Waves did it, and it was supposed to be a strap for people who have heavy guitars. They did. Yeah, I can't I love that. Or you could buy the squid. What about the squid? The, the squid. The squid. Well, the squid was something that was really cool, and um, I say really cool. It's really cool if you're into guitar accessories like I am. It was. Um, it was something that Planet Waves only seemed to do for maybe five minutes. Yeah. And then they discontinued. It was this really intense, um, like, strip of sort of rubberized plastic that you could... Sl- that had a that had a, uh, a slot in it that would allow you to slide your guitar strap through. And then it's like... You know you get that plastic material that you're supposed to put on, like, the dashboard of your car to stop, like, paper and keys flying around right it was it was made of like that and they looked like squid suckers right so that when you put it on your shoulder it would like sort of it would go like this and it would like stick to you but without without any adhesive it was like loads of padding for your shoulder basically yeah but it was a cool thing that you could attach to your guitar strap oh my god you need you need to look into the squid it was really cool this sounds Awful. You need to it get was, a squid. It's cool. It's cool. I, I was once working in the shop, and a uh, a customer came in and went, "Oh, wow! I I've got a really really heavy guitar. I've got a couple of really really heavy guitars, and like they give me like really bad shoulder ache. This is exactly what I want. This is this is going to change my life. This is perfect. Can I have two? And I went, oh, no, I'm really sorry. They they appear to have discontinued. They've only got they've only got that one. But you know, you can take that. And he went. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh. That was it. I felt like I'd really, like, broken his heart because I couldn't get him two. <laughs> Just one. 
When's your birthday, Joe? It's June, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, good to know. Um, David <laughs> says, I think I'm totally sold on a Fender Bass Breaker 212 30-watt combo. For under 550 quid, sounds like a great deal to me. Have any of you tried one? Matt Knight. No. Okay. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> I, I think you as know far they as I'm aware, I, don't, I haven't actually landed. I haven't landed, yet. landed yeah. Okay. Nowhere in the UK. Um, I was actually going to have a look and see. I think they're due April. I might be wrong, but... Um, so yeah, I think like I early to mid April. Yeah, I believe it's the um, the sort of the ones that are look a bit sort of the one the, the cool one, the seven watt one is due late. Okay, because I have looked into it. Um, Interesting. I've looked into maybe I think they're all due. I think all I, all of them are due around April. I, I believe the the seven watt combo, which is the one that I really I'm quite interested in is is quite a bit later than that, from what I understand. Although that might just be because all the pre-orders have have been have gone immediately. I'm not sure. Um, Jeremy says, "I play bass in a band and recently picked up a big muff bass pedal. As soon as I stomp it, I can barely hear myself. I've lost all my mids, and there's little percussive thump. I've heard of people boosting signal with other pedals. Would an overdrive work? I set the muff just so it's just fuzzy and not full crunchy." Joe Branton. Well, if it's the guitar version of the Big Muff. He does say uh, Big Muff bass pedal. Oh, does he? Yeah. You weren't listening where you were eating a crisp. I was eating a crisp. Away from the mic, though. <laughs> Consider it that. Um, well, that's certainly strange. The The Big Muff pie uh, for bass is, um, is I think, I think we've all probably said, is, is probably the best value for money drive pedal you can get because it's... It's fifty quid, and really, I think you know the next closest good drive pedal is probably about one hundred and fifty quid. So, for bass, that is. So, um, I've got a lot of time for them. But that said, yeah, um, I can I can see how in certain situations it still squashes your your tone a little bit. Um, certainly, nothing in comparison to the guitar version of the Big Muff. Uh, a lot of bass players used to use that, and yeah, we used to counter it with having like an octave or after it in the. Uh, in, in the chain to try and reattach some of that low end that it squashed um, I don't really I, I actually only sort of glance read this and I just assumed it was going to be a guitar one I was going to say well that's why it's squashing you out the mix yeah. but it is quite unusual for it to do it with a with a bass pedal maybe it's something to do with your tone I would suggest that um, you probably need something that's got a blend function on it in that case so I would say either um uh, either run the pedal in some sort of like ABY format so you're getting your clean signal through at the same time or or maybe think about getting something like the the Big Muff um, Bass Pi Deluxe which allows you to blend between your clean signal and your drive signal but yes it can sometimes over squash but not really not usually enough for it to dip out of a mix have you ever experienced that Mark? I just don't really like drive on bass in general I think oh, God. I, well I just think all, I think a lot of pedals out there do exactly um, what Jeremy is saying here in that you just lose what I really like about bass which is the kind of thump and the kind yeah. of thickness of the tone I, think I you completely just, agree you lose a lot of that when you go to when you put drives in there um, and certainly some are better than others definitely and the bass big muff is pretty good the best one I think I've heard I mean it's not a fuzz but I really like the BB1X well um, I was going to say yeah that is actually it and that's what I've done even before the BB1X is I don't use bass drive pedals to drive bass yeah. I use bass preamps because you need 
an EQ on there. You, more, I know the, the, the Big Muff Pi has one. It has an overall tone control. But you need an active EQ. You need bass, middle, and trebs so, so you can kind of sort did, out Did you just say trebs? Trebs, yeah. <laughs> bass, middle, and trebs. Yeah, that's, that's fly. <laughs> Good. That's the swage way of saying Okay, it. right. Good. I'm glad you're bringing in this, these youth street terms oh, to yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Well, you know. I hear the kids are really into the trebs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dennis says, uh, what's the youngest age you'd recommend a kid to start on guitar? Matt Knight, um, when you're dealing with people in store um, and people say, is my kid old enough to start on guitar? Um, what do you recommend? Um, it's, it's tricky, really, because I'd say, you know, most people probably start about eight or nine. Because I, I think now it's, it's becoming more of an option for kids to play in like, sort of primary school. And I think there's a lot more teachers doing lessons from schools. But classical guitar is probably the place where most people would start because they, they come in smaller sizes. I think the difficulty with electric is uh, a lot of kids want to play electric because it kind of makes a louder and probably more cool noise. It's definitely much but cooler. It is. I mean, but the thing is, is that, you know, it's not a viable option for a company to make a lot of different sizes you know i think you've pretty much got the squire mini which is probably one of the only only ones i know stag make one but apart from that you know gibson aren't really going to make a three-quarter size guitar because it's just not going to be uh, they're just not going to sell enough i mean it, it's um, not it's not just that um i mean gibson well epiphone do make a um they make they're, the peewee don't they the les paul express i think it's called yeah. Peewee express um but the, i mean it's not really to, i don't think it's to do with um uh, I don't really think it's to do with with sort of how viable it is to make it. It's more just to do with the fact that guitars are the size that they are for a reason. Hmm. And once you start, you know, that's why, you know, you can have huge, um, huge like sort of changes in 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 playability between, for example, like a Mustang, which is you know twenty four inch scale, and. Uh, a strap which is 25 and a half inch scale you know that's only another inch and a half and if and they sound completely different and you have to have them set up completely different and you almost have to have them with different strings you because of it you actually raise a really interesting point and something i think that we deal with more on bass than than you guys do on guitar but that definitely still applies that that i think that mark's probably dealt with and i have is that a lot of the time new starters come in and their parents ask if they should start them on a short scale bass. Mm. And I mean, I don't know what you said. I always used to, unless the child was really young, I used to say no because yeah. because ultimately they're going to struggle on it for the first year or two. Yeah. But then they're going to. I mean, not you know, there's nothing wrong with short scale basses. That they're, they're great. But nine out of ten bass players plays a, a, a full scale bass. So that they're going to want to move on to it at some point and then there's going to be a massive amount of relearning going a massive amount of like muscle memory that's just it's gone a shame to they waste. don't make the bullet anymore because they used to do a, a small base didn't they was it the bullet no the bronco yeah no they they, they, so they, the they, they do there are loads of short scale bases you can get to be honest the most affordable small uh short scale base on the market is the um epiphone ebo which i think is about 150 pounds for like a mahogany Base with a you know a mud bucket neck pickup in an SG shape uh, that is pretty cool. Still massively neck heavy though, which doesn't really help no. any stars. So my advice would be um, like get to a guitar shop and try the child holding a guitar basically or bass. Yeah, that's um, always the thing. And to do. if they can reach all the way down to the first fret, and if they can reach an F on the first fret, um, then 
that basically I would say that guitar is kind of the right size but I mean my advice usually was like if they're over 9 or 10 they could probably deal with a full size guitar depending on how big they are under that probably get them a 3 quarter or a short scale Um, seems to be a kind of good rule of thumb and if they're any younger than six or seven maybe like try a little ukulele definitely yeah um, there's, no, there's no point starting them on guitar at that point they'll just really struggle yeah, yeah 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 and it's just you know unfortunately it's when you're starting out when you're really starting out for the very very first time um it's just art it's just difficult yeah it's just difficult and there's sort of no way of getting around the fact that your fingers are going to hurt from pressing down and you're going to struggle to you know be able to stretch to play a c chord for example or hold a bar chord um and it's it's just one of those things but my my sort of top tip when um when talking to uh people who are buying guitars for for sort of young younger kids um was if you if you want to go for a short scale for like like the squire mini for example um just make sure that you the thing to do is to is to tune the guitar up that's what i always found anyway rather than have the guitar yeah, tuned yeah rather than have the guitar tuned to uh well up a fifth actually so rather than have it tuned um to e tune everything to a yeah because that that tends to sort of sort out the tension a little bit the chord shapes remain the same um i mean the difficult thing will be of course that if you're trying to teach your kid um, what you play you, will be different to what they're what playing. You, well, yeah, or you'll have to put a, you'll have to cap on the fifth fret. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's just it's it's a, it's a good sort of workaround for a, a relatively unworkable situation. Um, but yeah, the other thing is you kind of need to use heavier strings, and the problem with doing that is that you're using heavier strings. But the reason that you're tuning up is because is for someone who's small so they're probably not able to push down on the lighter strings let alone the heavier strings so it's you know the, the long and the short of it is is it's difficult when you're starting out yeah. and if your kid is getting into um playing guitar they will they will roll with it if they if they want to do it and you know it's just something that you sort of have to stick out to a certain degree and the, i mean the other thing i would say is like don't push them to start too early like matt when did you start playing guitar uh, I started when I was 15, actually. Jay Cross? Uh, I think I was 12. Joe Branton? Yeah, about 14, I think. Yeah. So I would say that, like, we've kind of all done all right. Like, we're not the best guitarists in the world, but no. we can play a bit. And, you know, we do this podcast and we've worked in retail and things like that. And kind of lives have revol- revolved around guitar to some extent. Um, and, like, none of us... I didn't start till I was 15, maybe even 16. I think 15. Um it's fine like yeah don't yeah, push yeah. kids into it at like seven because they're really they might just be put off for life because they can't it's quite hard to play a guitar yeah. at that age yeah absolutely you're still you're still growing absolutely anyway let us know how they get on um yeah really want to know dennis like how you get on with lessons and, and stuff like that um we're about up at time gentlemen um we've got plenty more questions time uh, at the bar indeed which we shall over uh, answer over in the patreon podcast patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds um we've got questions from adam talking about uh, compact pedal board setups we've got questions from joe uh, about the eric johnson strat yes a uh, question from mike uh, about heavy les pauls question from josh about pedal train pedal boards um, what else are we going to do? Let's do question from Matt about uh, Line 6 M5. 
And a question from David about feedback pedals. Um, all answered over in the Patreon. Uh, whereas, whereas, where from as little as $5 a month, you get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week. Um, or from $10 a month, you get to be one of our executive producers. Um, just like these people, you'll have your name read out on the show. We've only got four spots left. So if you're thinking about doing it, jump in now. Andy McConzie Jow Dabtow Arek Sorry Pal Cregan Jack Griffey Dal Rassaru Jock Connor Will Club Chris Walsall Scott O'Brien Met Quan Flash, Fortunate, Phil Tublot, Laurie Onukola, Mog Grafekinol, Colandero, and Pacalote Dustimau. <laughs> Thanks, Colin Anderson, for your donation. Uh, sorry that your name was perhaps not quite read out correctly. Thanks very much for your submitting your questions this week. Uh, if you want to submit questions, do join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum, uh, or you can send them to us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds, join us on Instagram at Guitar Nerds, or on YouTube uh, where we are Guitar Nerds Videos, also on Periscope at Guitar Nerds, or you can tweet us individually, me at Mark underscore random, Matt is Matt underscore Nazi, J is J-A-Y-B-M-1, and Joe is Josef underscore 900. That's it. Thanks for joining us this week, and uh, if we don't see you in the Patreon, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Farewell, Bye. homies. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.